Cheers. Cheers. Um, I have a question for you. Oh, no. <laughs> Do I need counsel? I know. So I got watching a show, and, and then you said you did not like the Tinder swindler. Yeah, I couldn't watch it. Couldn't watch it. Why? Yeah, it was, it was just so, I was so uncomfortable. He was such a rogue. Okay. Such so, a piece of shit. Like, it was just fucking awful. And just because it's so uncomfortable? Yeah, it was bad. Like, you, you know, like, look, it's a show, so it's not like... I'm not reading transcripts. Marcy liked it. <laughs> well, I made him watch it with me. Yeah. You, you told me to watch it, actually. Yeah. yeah. Revenge for that as I make her sit through The Expanse now on uh, on Prime. <laughs> but, me now. Which is a damn good sci-fi detective series. But yeah, I was incredibly uncomfortable because I don't like... This is a true crime story, by the way. If no, you, it's if real. If you haven't heard of it. It's real. Yeah. And, you know, we spoke about on one of our last podcasts about that guy in Romania who's a bit yeah, of a, who's quite T. a rogue. The lover boy method. Yeah. And, and this, this is, is very similar. Yeah, it is. Except for it was a different type of fraud being perp um, perpetrated. Right. It's not involved in the human trafficking Allegedly, area. We'll Allegedly. <laughs> not involved in the human trafficking area, but more of a coercion to extract funds from these essential victims. Um, but, you know, I guess for you, it raises a lot of issues as to what is a, a willing participant who who is truly coerced or, or forced into this arrangement. Well, and that's one of the things too with, with uh, fraud versus gifts, Yeah. right? So when you um, agree to give somebody a bunch of money, um, it can be seen as a gift unless you have some sort of a documented thing. You can have verbal agreements, right? You can, okay, let's go back to contract law. You can yeah. have parole agreements, which are which verbal is, agreements. Which as Grace has said at, at our firm, is one of the most complicated Forms of law, contract law. That's right. Or you can have it in writing in some format. You can have a proper contract or a simple agreement, or you can have an oral agreement. But leaving that aside, you know, um, if it's not in writing and, you know, oral agreements are very hard to prove, then you're, the assumption is it's a gift. Yeah. And then the issue is whatever was given, was it on the basis of a fraudulent inducement or some form of coercion? Right. And uh, so there's a number of things I found really interesting. And then also... I mean, it's not brand new news or anything like that, but there's a few things about this case that uh, that have now evolved that I, I think are quite interesting about it. One, um, the Tinder swindler's name is out there. Yeah. Um, and he's primarily known as Simon Leviev, but he's now being sued by the Leviev family because he actually took the name of a real person and presented himself to be the king of diamonds. <laughs> So when people searched his name, they would actually say, oh, this is actually this guy, right? right. And so that family has now become aware of it. And so there's a, a legal action, uh, according to this article. Well, they'd uh, be suffering damages. That they're civilly, suffering damages. 100%, because yeah. he's impersonating a person and a family and bringing upon them ill repute, you know, yeah. in a public forum. So Now, another interesting thing is that there were in this the documentary, I think it's Netflix, um, the, the documentary, there were three women who came forward and put their faces and yeah. names to um, to their experiences with this person. Um, he, he'd already, you know, reportedly um, been convicted of a similar kind of fraud against other women in Finland and spent two years in, in uh, prison for that. Um, but he, eventually they helped get him arrested, but not for the charges against, you know, involving them. So they're now bringing forward civil suits to try and get compensated for what they went through. And there'll be a burden of proof on those uh, cases. But Yeah, so he wasn't charged criminally with the money that he extracted from these particular three women, which I will call victims, civil victims. Yeah. Um, and so their recourse is a civil case 
as opposed to him having been charged with defrauding them. Yeah. But one of the, one of the most curious things to me about um, stuff being reported in this particular article is that there's a um, documentary producer, some sort of film producer. He wants to actually do some sort of a... Um, I'm sorry, I'm just flipping through to find where it's reported in this. She actually wants to do like a, a reality show using the person under the name that he's being sued for, Simon Leviev, want, wants to actually produce some sort of reality Are show. You me? Really? In which he dates women. <laughs> I'm going to find the, the little bit about I it. I will make you watch that. I yeah, I don't want to watch that. And I certainly <laughs> don't want it to see produced. I, I, I never watch any of these dating reality I'm gonna shows. I'm going to tell you what really... But I would watch that. I'm going to tell actually. you at the end of this what really pisses me off about these types of cases. And of course, and, and I have deep sympathy for the victims in these cases. Here it is. But there is, a, but there is a larger damage that these types of individuals and cases do, and I'll talk about that later. So here's here's what was reported in the news that I'm, I'm basing my um, beliefs upon. Okay. It says, Simon Leviev, of course, not his actual real name, um, has also recently signed with LA-based talent manager name. Um, according to a representative, this uh, this manager hopes to write a book host a podcast in which he offers dating do's and don'ts <laughs> and star in a show in which here's women, my don'ts in which women compete don't take for any his... advice from it and don't date this guy <laughs> star in a show in which women compete for his love oh my god right? so i mean we are going to hell as a society okay this, this reminds me of a syndrome actually a very interesting syndrome that um, has, I can't remember the name of it, and I'm sure some of our uh, viewers will, will help us out in the comments, um, where women fall in love with a criminal like Paul Bernardo or yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know serial killers and stuff like that, yeah, yeah. and they want to get married to them, they yeah, fall yeah. in love with them. Yeah, yeah. He would go on this reality show after seeing oh, the Tinder Probably tons it, of It sounds like yeah. the same syndrome, right? Yeah. And uh, It only marginally shocks me, to be honest. But so this producer said, I was intrigued with the Netflix story. I'm sorry, I have a bit of a cold right now, but uh, I'll speak as well as I can. I was intrigued with the Netflix story. I saw the the world's greatest salesman. And uh, the producer said in a statement to Ellie Mig, it left me with a lot of unanswered questions, and I was very biased. I believe there are two sides to every story, and everyone should have the chance to tell their side of the story. True. They put, and that's Sometimes one way three to sides to every story, but yes. You know, and as criminal defense lawyers, so... You know, there is some value to, to saying no, that. No, a hundred look, what we see in a documentary or even in particularly in media reports, we have to take with a grain of salt. There's always another side. But I mean, you know, evidence was pretty clear about how he conducted himself. But yes, there's two sides to a story. Yeah. I actually found it kind of deflating at the end when they say that he ended up being caught and arrested for having uh, false documentation, flying under a false name of, of some sort. As opposed to being charged with fraud? As opposed to being charged with anything related to the actual entire documentary. <laughs> well, you know, so it's interesting. I mean, you know, if if you convince some, like if you swindle somebody, yeah. you know, you say, I love you and I, I, I want to live with you and I'm, I'm a deep agent and I'm hiding from... You know, the, the, well, he said these. Uh, my enemies are after me. Was you know, I know. Was, I couldn't watch it because I'm like, who believes this? But anyways, people you know, in love, and and it, and they and they voluntarily give money to the person who they believe is telling them the truth. We have to be careful about where we are in criminalizing this type of behavior, and the right forum may very well be civil litigation 
other than when he's impersonating people or committing actual criminal acts. But I still want to get to what pisses me off the most. But go ahead. Well, one of the things that concerns me about this, even though I, I, I actually have a lot of uh, sympathy for these the women in the story, if you have everything yeah, yeah. saying is true, and it seems that they, they backed it up fairly well. Yeah. But um, but I do have some concerns about this what I would call the slippery slope, right? Yes. Where, if you agree to do something, and they agree to do something under certain conditions, which makes it to me a little bit different. They he said, I need this money right now, and I will send you a check according to them. Right. right. Is that Ben? No, it's my it's my daughter Rachel. <laughs> it never fails. For the first time, it's Rachel. They're famous in our podcast because one of them will be calling me during the podcast. So, <laughs> I love you, but I'll call you later. Okay. So, uh, so if you agree to do something though, that um, you know, without some sort of an agreement in advance, and if it's only a verbal one, it's hard to prove. But uh, if you actually just agree to give somebody money, believing you're in love with them, believing they love you, you're stupid. Right? Well, or you were blindly in love and something happened, but it's not, it doesn't rise to the level of criminality. I was going to try to get clever. It was like, what was that? Fool me once, shame on me. It was like, but then I was trying to remember how George Bush said it when he screwed it up. <laughs> anyway, some version of that. Yeah, look, I mean, people can easily be gullible, can, can be gullible and they can be easily drawn into a set of circumstances because of what they want to believe, what they want to see. And somebody can be a good salesman about it. Does this cross into the level of criminality? Then we go into the issue of course of control. Is the, the person who's doing this having some course of control? And we spoke a long time ago about how there's been some exploration by groups about criminalizing course of control. And, and this is where we start to go down you know, a very dangerous road. Well, and also women are going to be far more guilty of course of control than, than other forms of, well... Yeah, we'll just, we'll just leave it there. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. But. Well, that was one of the issues when the legislation was being proposed. They were concerned that a lot of women would be charged under this. That Maybe. Was actually I mean, one of the I, you concerns. know, I see it as a, as a two-way street. Men and or women yeah. can each be involved in coercive behavior that impacts another individual. And, and again, I don't think we're at the stage where this should rise to the level of criminality. What I don't want to see is that I want to see that somebody say, because I believed that person was in love with me. Um, I feel defrauded. Right, and therefore it's a we, and therefore it's a criminal offense. Where where the actual fraud line is drawn, and how you determine yeah. what type of control or what influence was. But this this is what really disturbs me about all this stuff that I, I've watched or read, begrudgingly, is that it really detracts away from a You're lot like of mercy. <laughs> begrudgingly, yeah, I watched <laughs> because you know she watches your stuff. I watched she, the Mandalorian. She, I, Hello. Well, you like The Mandalorian, and you should. Star Wars episode I watched. Absolutely. (laughs) But we work very hard through the law firm that we have and the work that we do to defend people who are accused of offenses. And we attract in this practice people who, first of all, believe that they're wrongfully accused. And we work very hard and we find out and, you know, uncover. Not only that, we believe they're wrongfully confused. We do. Well, but but we don't just say, okay, you are. I almost wrongfully confused, but... We don't, we don't just believe what the client says. We start digging and we start working and we start analyzing statements and we get other evidence. It's like when we spoke, you know, the case we had today, when we started to dig more with the messages and with the images and everything else, and we brought all these applications in this case, we basically were able to box the person in and we established they're fabricating. Mm-hmm. And, and today, just so happens, uh, we had a case that collapsed. We brought a motion at the beginning of the case, a mid-trial application, and then once we won that mid-trial application, based on all the grounds that we were uh, saying it was admissible, 
uh, the complainant didn't want to be cross-examined anymore. So this is where I'm angry. There are very real cases, very real cases of wrongful accusations that harm people and that have lasting traumatic effects and ruin lives. And these types of rogues and these documentaries, I think, undermine the general understanding and concept that there is equally out there wrongful accusations that cause long-lasting trauma and harm. That's what bothers me so much about it. But I guess that we can say that about any aspect of life. But when I, when I watch that and I, I see such horrible behavior and such, you know, reckless disregard for people's, you know, lives and their money and their emotional behavior, and we're talking about not an overflow of individuals, but, you know, interesting high-profile cases that are sensationalized and you get this, you know, million-dollar documentary, that overshadows the enormous amount of cases that we deal with. That's what bothers me so much about it. And, 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 and I am bothered by how these people are victimized. But at the other side, I'm thinking like it just undermines some of the messaging we're trying to get across that this does happen. You can, you can have sympathy for actual victims without, we do. without hashtag believing everything. But, but uh, that's the point. Yeah. And, and I guess this is why when you suggested we talk about this on the podcast, I was like, sure, let's go there. But I think the, the point is that this will overshadow other stuff and it will lead to believe the victim, believe the accusation. It must be believed at face value. Whereas we've seen far too much in our practice, you know, these wrongfully accused individuals, sometimes women in domestic cases where, where the husband wants to alienate them from the children. So, you know, we see that, you know, it arising out of high conflict divorces and all sorts of things. I don't want to see this overshadowed and I don't want to see like this be used as an impetus to get more draconian legislation to erode due process. That's what really pisses me off. I know. You know? Me also. (laughs) Um, But to go back to my little slip earlier, the the wrongfully confused. (laughs) I actually (laughs) like that. That's good. Um, Because I I think one of the points of our podcast is to prevent the wrongfully confused. We want to explain to people how easy it is to be accused of these things and also explain to people you can't go around swindling people and expect to get away with it. Yeah. And, you know, it always upsets me when these actual people exist and, you know, when it's proven in court and he hasn't actually been convicted of this particular thing. But, you know, every time somebody does do that, then it, uh, you know, it just becomes fodder for the machine. Right. And, uh, right. And that machine will eat up anyone in its path. Sad but true. Unless they call us. Oh, should we say like, uh, like, like, subscribe, subscribe and hit notifications, and and, uh, and thank you, thank you very yeah. much for viewing, and leave comments if you want to hear and us questions. We love the questions. Yeah. Send them in. We're getting lots of questions. It's great stuff. It helps us with further oh, wait, material. We have one more thing. Oh, what? What did you hate the most about the about this show? This the the fact that it overshadows what. The, the, oh, okay. The, yeah, that, that I thing. mean, it wasn't the acting. <laughs> No, the acting was actually the great. The acting was good. Okay. It's just how it really detracts away from the view. Because we have these rogue players, there's so much other shit that's going on that we need to get out there and for people to understand and stop this draconian legislation. That yeah. We'll talk about it more. Anyways, right. ciao. Good night, guys.